We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am here with my co-host, Andrew Mertig. It's Friday. What's up, Andrew? It's good to be back. Yeah, normally NFC Championship, one game away from the Super Bowl, I'd be out here screaming like a madman. But, um, you know, I'm really excited to break this game down. But before we get into that, we, we really do have to start things off with the unfortunate news of Ted Thompson's passing on Wednesday night. Yeah, sometimes the news segment of the show is a lot of fun. We have, we have a lot of fun with that, but uh, this time it just kind of flat out sucks. Uh, just devastating news today that Ted Thompson has passed away, and if you spent any time on Twitter, you've probably seen just how many people Thompson influenced throughout his life and career, and obviously the Packers are eternally indebted to Ted for the roster and the culture that he helped build here over the years, uh, but so many have spoken of his impact off the field as well, just the kind of man that he was. Uh, Ted might not have been a man of many words, uh, but it is so clear uh, the kind of guy uh, that would just earn the respect of everyone around him and made the people around him in his work environment better. So uh, just an incredibly special guy that we should all appreciate that was a part of this Packers organization. 
Yeah, that, that's a great point. And I do think that there's a genuine lack of understanding in this fan base of the difficulty of Ted Thompson's position in the early part of his Packers tenure as general manager. The roster was in disarray. Yes, he had a future Hall of Fame quarterback, but you know that roster was really absent a lot of talent. Many, maybe even most, people wanted him fired immediately after his first pick, drafting Aaron yeah, Rodgers right. in 2005. Yeah. Um, I I know I remember the consensus was him and Mike McCarthy were going to be fired in 2009 uh, after a year where the team really struggled early and then obviously they go on this tear and ended up winning the Super Bowl and that was really the the turning point of the franchise and and you saw how much talent he had really um, accumulated at that point and you know it took Ted Thompson drafting Aaron Rodgers trading Brett Favre trading up to get Clay Matthews signing Charles Woodson drafting B.J. Rodgers and so many other countless moves and a lot of those were unpopular at the time and and you know Ted didn't care he trusted his his scouting background and and the people around him and and really made a ton of moves that changed the direction of this franchise dramatically so you know they they were they were criticized but Ted never really flinched um and you know it it really propelled the Packers into a decade of dominance so I you know I I've always been really appreciative of Ted Thompson and and everything that he has done. I I thought, to me, the best thing that I I heard today was, you know, Jason Wildey on the Wildey and Tauscher show, and, you know, he he allowed himself to get kind of emotional, and um, that was super powerful to hear and and I think really important um, to demonstrate what Ted's character was and his love for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and... I mean, absolutely true. It's it's hard, like, if someone grew up really enjoying the draft and, like, always putting yourself in the – trying to put yourself in the shoes of Ted Thompson. We did this for years and years and appreciating the way that he built rosters. And Andrew mentioned just a few of the trademark acquisitions and roster moves that Ted made throughout his time as GM. And I wanted to mention just a few others because they kind of get lost in the shuffle sometimes. And I think it's worth slowing down, especially right now with – uh, this, this tragedy that's happened to recognize what Thompson accomplished for this team. He drafted Greg Jennings out of Western Michigan. You know, that's not a, we expect a player to come out of Western Michigan every year to be a dominant player. James Jones, Nick Collins, same thing, small school. Josh Sitton, TJ Lang, Randall Cobb, Brian Balaga, Mike Daniels, the list goes on and on. And it's not just players of years past. Andrew and I are about to jump into a conversation today about how this year's Packers team is on the cusp of the Super Bowl. And sure, Brian Gutekunst has made some incredible moves to put this team in position to be here, Uh, but let's not forget how much of this team has been assembled by Ted Thompson and has his fingerprints all over it. Uh, Dave Schroeder pointed out on Twitter Twitter today that all four of the Packers' first team all-pro players, so Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Bakhtiari, and Lindsley were all Ted Thompson picks. He also drafted Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Kevin King, and Kenny Clark. And right up until the very end of his time with the Packers, Thompson was making moves to help this team continue to win. Uh, Zach Cruz made an observation on Twitter today that I absolutely love. He noted that in Ted's final month, As the GM, his final month, these are the last things he did. In December of 2017, he signed Robert Tunyon to the practice squad. He signed Devontae Adams to a total steal of a contract extension and signed Corey Lindsley to an extension as well. Just 
unbelievable foresight from Thompson. And fans complain about the conservative approach that Thompson sometimes took. Uh, but the team that we've been blessed to watch this year in 2020 is what it is in large part because Thompson was so good at his job. And we should all be so thankful uh, for Ted and his legacy in Green Bay. Yeah, and I, honestly, that maybe that quote-unquote lack of aggressiveness, um, the Packers never had to tear this down, really, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they went through a, stre- a rough stretch, and a lot of that had to do with Aaron Rodgers' health. But this is a team that never really had to, like, tear everything down and rebuild. And we're seeing this with so many teams around the NFL right now. And the fact that the Packers are blessed with this foresight, and I think that's really been passed to Brian Gutekunst, it's a testament to Ted Thompson's philosophy. It's yeah. a testament to the consistency of this organization. Um, and it, it, it takes strong people to do that because we know there's so much temptation to go for the quick fix. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's funny I don't think you mentioned Jordy Nelson, right? No, like, and, no. and and that's 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 not a new. There are so many different players you could have added to that yeah. list of just fantastic players that that Ted Thompson drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it it's 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 really cool. The Packers announced that they plan to honor Ted Thompson and his legacy uh, by adding his name to the Lambeau Field facade before the start of the 2021 season, and that's. You know, it's 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 a testament to the human being he he was, as well as the general manager he was, and um, it's just great to see all of the things that that have been written and said about him. And um, you know, hopefully the Packers are are able to go out and and win for Ted and and continue this this great journey on. Because I know of anybody, you know, he he would have been so appreciative of what this team is, and um, we're so thankful for. The team being here and, and 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 the players that that he was a part of acquiring, um, being a part of this run, and you know Ted was all about football. So we're gonna get to the topic at hand for tonight. Yeah, we are. Finally, we, we have to move on, and it is it is hard to move on uh, from this topic and get into the more trivial pieces of even the game as important as the one that the Packers are going to play tonight. And we'll continue to see, uh, you know, players, former players, coaches, other general managers from around the league continue to give tribute to who Thompson was. And so I think, I mean, this is fresh. We'll continue to see that throughout the week because of the impact he's had in the league for sure. But um, you, you said the game the Packers are playing tonight. Oh, you're really <laughs> eager for this I'm thing really to get eager. started. Yeah. Are we going to get to Sunday? Yeah, how can we get there faster? Uh, <laughs> it is a it's a huge week. There's no game tonight. Uh, the Packers did take care of business last week against the L.A. Rams and do now get to host the Tampa Bay Bucks at Lambeau Field on Sunday. Not tonight, uh, but they ho- they're hosting them late in January in winter. It's really a dream scenario, and we are soaking it up here. It's been tons of fun. It's been a fun ride, uh, but we are here today, Andrew and I, to dive into some of these crucial matchups and X-Factors uh, that will be such a big part of this game as we inch closer and closer to this NFC Championship game that will take place on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and and you and I, we we didn't get to preview the Rams game, but we we had two shows the previous week, and and we had broken down each of the potential matchups for the divisional round, and of course Tampa Bay Buccaneers was 
right at the top of that list. So um, we'll do our best to give you some insight into uh, in different offensive and defensive matchups. I did want to point out, I just looked up the, the weather report for Sunday, and right now we're looking at a high of 28, a low of 18, 50% chance of yeah, snow. So yeah. interesting. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to be one of those ultra cold games unless something dramatically changes, um, but certainly something that is going to make many of the players on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uncomfortable. So um, speaking of uncomfortability, uh, my ma- I, I went with the most aggressive matchup, and, and that is Aaron Rodgers versus Devin White and Levante David. And, you know, in my opinion, White and David are the best linebacking duo in the NFL. And the natural thing to do is worry about how Rodgers is going to deal with them, dropping into coverage and blitzing up the middle. You know, and when I started to think about it, the first thing I thought of, since midseason, the Packers have destroyed teams that have tried to blitz them. The second thing I thought of was, you know, Rodgers really struggled against the Buccaneers' defense the first time. So, you know, naturally, people should be worried about that second matchup. But here's the thing. Kyle and I have talked about the string of elite linebackers the Packers have played this year. They put up 43 in the first matchup against Eric Kendricks and the Vikings. Uh, only 22 the second time, but remember that was that like weird yeah, weather game. Weird, weird day. <laughs> they they put up 30 against Deion Jones and the Falcons, 37 against Demario Davis and the Saints, 34 against Fred Warner and the 49ers, 24 against Miles Jack and the Jags, not as good, but in a win, uh, 31 against Darius Leonard's and the Darius Leonard and the Colts, uh, and then 41 and 35 against Roquan Smith and the Bears. So yes. There have been times in Aaron Rodgers' career he has struggled against those elite, kind of uber-athletic linebackers. I don't think that was the problem against the Buccaneers the first time, though. The the Packers tried to run off tackle way too much, and they did a really bad job getting to the second level. I, I think that had to have been self-scouted this week by the Packers and really, like, limited or taken out of the game plan. Like, let's keep our running inside the tackles. They also did a terrible job of keeping Rodgers clean in the pocket, period. I, I did a rewatch this week, and the offensive line was just brutal. And I think a lot of that had to do with never getting the running game going. So to me, you can just take week six and just forget it ever happened. You know, the the Saints beat the Buccaneers twice this season. The last time they played in the regular season, they wiped the floor with them, and then Tampa Bay goes in and wins. So I don't think that that week six matchup needs to dictate the outcome of this one. I'm confident the Packers will come in with a stronger game plan, and it is going to be up to Aaron Rodgers to keep Devin White and Levante David off balance. Those guys certainly are fantastic players, but I think the narrative that they can just totally wreck the Packers' offense is a bit off base. Okay, so I want to throw something at you that's super off-the-cuff and stupid, um, which is totally on I love most... I love off-the-cuff and I love stupid. I know you do, and that's why you keep me around, because I say things that are all on those lines all the time. Um, but I, I'm curious, you know, we watched Tyler Heineke play for the Taylor. Washington... Taylor? Taylor Heineke. Are you sure about that? I'm Is it positive. Taylor? Mm-hmm. I would, really? Because I would, I would lose money on that bet right now. Dang it. Um, so Heineke, regardless of what his first name is, we saw him run against this team. And obviously it's really hard to scout a player like that because you haven't seen him play. And we know that Aaron Rodgers is not, you know, he's not, he's not the, the spring chicken that he once was, but I do wonder if LaFleur in a couple of scenarios, I mean, we saw him 
juke Floyd out of his shoes right at the goal line. I'm curious if there will be a couple designed maybe bootleg rollout runs uh, for Aaron Rodgers in this game in some ways that maybe we uh, just give some some creativity to the offense and, and keep the uh, Bucks a little bit honest in maybe some ways you wouldn't expect to have to with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, and and I feel like, you know, in the second half of the season, the naked bootleg became a huge part of the Packers' offense. The difference was there was always a free-release tight end right in front of Rodgers. So, yeah, he's he's not going to take off and run with it if he can dump it to, you know, Robert Tunyon for 10 um, easy yards or, you know, just letting him bowl over whatever defender made the foolish decision to get in his way. So, yeah, do I think that could be part of it? Absolutely. Um, Do I think Aaron Rodgers will be way more aggressive knowing that you know this could be the last game of the season and and it's at home and he wants to put it all out there yeah so I I don't know that you'll see any designed runs um, unless there's there's you know edge defenders that are peeking a little bit too far in and maybe maybe they they throw a little read option action in there they've done that with Rodgers before more of a Mike McCarthy move than than uh, Matt LaFleur but I would. I'm not throwing anything out. It, right, honestly, right. if if anything, I thought the Packers were a little vanilla against the Rams, mm-hmm. um, and so I I would not be surprised if they had some wrinkles planned for that game that they just decided we don't need to use it because yep. we're in we're in complete control um, that we may see this week. Okay. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there. I think it'd be interesting to see, especially watching that Heineke, uh, just his ability to do that to that defense is interesting because uh, we know that Aaron Rodgers is, is not afraid to take off a run when he gets those opportunities, and he seems to have a large smile on his face uh, when he does get those opportunities. But uh, I'm going to talk here when the offense is on the field, Devontae Adams versus Carlton Davis. And last week, the narrative was all about Devontae and Jalen Ramsey and how Ramsey was going to shut down Devontae Adams. And now we've kind of turned the page. That game is over, and we've resolved that issue. Uh, it, it now seems that some of the national media have just kept the same story and swapped out Ramsey and put the name Carlton Davis in there, uh, the Tampa Bay cornerback. And I just want to say, listen, Davis is a good NFL corner. He's had a really good 2020 season, and that has been huge for this Bucks team this season. Uh, but I think it is time that we start putting some respect behind Devontae Adams in the number 17 because he has proven over and over to be one of the most unstoppable forces on the football field. And while you always have to consider the personnel of the opposing team, Carlton Davis is not Jair Alexander. Davis is not even in the same tier as Jalen Ramsey. And we saw how that went last week. Uh, when it comes to pro football focus, they grade Jamel Dean, rather, Davis's own teammate, higher in coverage than Davis. And Davis grades out as just the 32nd best corner in coverage for pro football focus. So I get that Davis has limited some wideouts this season. He's had some really good games. Uh, but in no way do I expect another shutdown performance here in the NFC Championship game. I think Adams comes uh, with something to prove yet again and will show up big on the big stage. And one other thing I want to note really quick, and I, I don't think that this is universally true necessarily across the NFL, I don't think Aaron, Roger, Aaron Rodgers really cares about the name on the back of the jersey. 
I don't think he sees Ramsey and immediately assumes that there is nothing going to be open when he's in coverage. And I, I think that there are QBs in the league and maybe even coordinators who script away from players like that. They almost give them too much respect. Uh, but last Sunday we saw Aaron Charles Rodgers from his own end zone, mind you, find Alan Lazard for a first down when he was with Jalen Ramsey in coverage. So there is this really good evidence to suggest that Rodgers isn't going to steer clear of players like Carlton Davis, even when he's had success in the past. Uh, he'll assess what's most advantageous on each snap, uh, but he doesn't let the name on the jersey dictate where the ball should and shouldn't go, and it's why he continues to prove he's one of the best to ever do it. And so I think we'll see Devontae with another big game here on Sunday, really when his team needs him the most in this championship game setting. Listen, folks, the Super Bowl is coming up, and sure, we'll all be watching the game, but the best way to celebrate the biggest day in football is to bet on the game. And we want to let you know about a great resource for sports bettors, the Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Network Pro subscription, you can access the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game across all professional leagues. You can see money and bet percentages on every game, so you can see the team's professional gamblers are betting on. You can take advantage of pro systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. And you can even track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the best way to get started. And for a limited time, our listeners can receive 50% off an annual pro subscription. Just go to actionnetwork.com now and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code PACKADAY. This offer won't last, so go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use promo code PACKADAY, all one word, to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today. Yeah, absolutely, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, if if the Packers can get Devontae going early, does that then shift a ton of the Buccaneers' defense focus to Adams, which is going to open up things for other guys, and mm-hmm. hopefully yeah. this week they can hang on to the ball a little bit better than they, <laughs> they did the last time around, um, but we will certainly see. So my, my key matchup on defense is Rashawn Gary versus the offensive tackles. Uh, rookie Tristan Wirfs has been fantastic at left tackle for the Buccaneers. And Donovan Smith has been okay at right tackle. The The good news is the Packers have a plethora of pass rushers to throw at, at that Tampa offensive line. You know, I think Zadarius is going to be excited to make a big splash to continue his stretch of fantastic play uh, that he has really had for the second half of the season. I think Preston Smith can find ways to make an impact, but I think the real game changer can be Rashawn Gary. He, he holds the edge really, really well. And you and I have been talking about this basically since the night he got drafted drafted on yep. this podcast, <laughs> he, he's, he's going to be a major factor in the run game. And, and you know, I, I think it was Andy Herman on, on Monday's show that was talking about how, you know, Rashawn Gary was sort of bust-proof because he was always going to be able to have this impact in the run game, um, whether or not he could develop as a pass rusher, different story. Um, and hopefully he's able to really help be part of that defensive front to slow down Ronald Jones and then maybe Leonard Fournette a little bit. But mm-hmm. where people will notice his impact is getting into Tom Brady's face. Brady took some sacks last week against the Saints, and at this point in his career, it does seem to me he's a little more willing to hold the ball to get the play downfield 
um, than he was, especially in New England. And maybe that's part of Bruce Arians' offense. Maybe it's just Tom knowing that he needs to be a bit more aggressive because their offense isn't as consistent. So if the Packers can get home, they can really change the outlook of this game. Gary had one and a half sacks last week, I believe, uh, and is going to go into a matchup where he can really disrupt the timing of that Buccaneers passing attack. All right, so Andrew's watching the pass rush on the edge, and I am watching to see if we can get some disruption up the middle. So we're, we're in the same ballpark here, and my eyes are going to be glued on Kenny Clark against the Bucks' interior offensive line. And at this point in the postseason, there are not going to be a ton of glaring holes in any roster. You are playing good football teams across the board, and the Bucks' offensive line is a quality unit. But if there's a place where they have a little bit of vulnerability, it is at the center position. Ryan Jensen is the guy there, and he's an He's an average NFL center, uh, but his pass pro is what's really interesting to me. Pro Football Focus graded 37 centers in football this year. Ryan Jensen is the 35th graded pass blocker at center. So he's third from the bottom, and as a starting center, you'd like to be in the top 32 at least, right? Like, uh, there are 32 NFL franchises. There's your bar. Uh, but regardless, the Bucks really do like what Jensen gives them in the running game. He's quality there, and it's not like he's in there alone. Now, Alex Kappa and Ali Marpet are really high-quality guards. They're very good players, and so he plays alongside some good help. Uh, but Kenny Clark is a special, special player. And with an opportunity to play to Jensen's weakness – that's a really intriguing mashup to me. And with Brady being a more immobile quarterback, this is well established, I hope the Packers are able to exploit that matchup and really get Brady off his spot uh, with some pressure up the middle. Yeah, I, I really like that idea. And, um, you know, one thing that I know about Ryan Jensen is he is going to try to get in your head. He is a guy who is consistently hitting opponents after the whistle. Um, and trying to bait you into penalties. And he can be baited into penalties, quite frankly. That was a huge problem. I know Brady has gotten on his case quite a few times this season. So um, it'll be interesting to see how, how that uh, factors into the game. And then also, you know, if they do a little bit of lining Zedarius Smith up over, over center and letting Kenny yeah, maybe yeah. shift over to the guards and, and seeing if you can stretch those guys from being able to help each other out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Let, it, let it. A lot of interesting storylines on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, each each time we do this, Kyle, we pick an X Factor. And, uh, you know, I've gotten a little bit more conservative with my X Factor picks after some <laughs> some clunkers earlier in the year. Um, and we, we've had some good ones down the stretch. Yeah. But I, I'm going to, I'm gonna you know, point to the fence uh, and try to hit a home oh run here. Here we go. And I'm going to go... Um, so, first of all, I'm supposed to talk about how the Packers special teams are going to find a way to implode and lose the, this this game, right? That's your job. That's the storyline. <laughs> I'm going to go a different route, though. I, I think Tavon Austin is going to make an impact in the punt return game. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Deontay Harris almost single-handedly ruined the Buccaneers' season last week. And I know we haven't seen that from Austin yet, but there have been a couple times where, you know, one missed block cost the Packers a big return. And this Tampa Bay special team seems susceptible to a big play or two, and I think we're finally going to see it. I'd, I'd also, in addition to the special teams factor, like to see a few jet motions with Austin, even if they don't plan on handing it to him at all. Uh, Levante David and Devin White, who I talked about earlier, seemed yeah, really yeah. eager to sell out with their first step in the Week 6 matchup, and I'd love to see that exploited. And speaking of, 
this is this is aside from the Tavon Austin thing. I really loved that A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones pony package in the backfield uh, with the motion of Jones to the flank. I, I knew, I, I said out loud, because this was probably the first game I got to watch with a few other people in my bubble um, this season, and, and I said the first time they ran that, I was like, they're setting something up here. <laughs> because they they put Jones in motion and they just handed it to Dylan, and then they did it a second time, same exact look, same exact play, and then of course they were setting something up, and and I I would be interested to see if there is more to that package, and and maybe they were putting some stuff on tape to get the Buccaneers thinking as well. You know, so it's really interesting. We keep talking about Devin White, and I know I'm going off script here a little bit because I'm supposed to jump right into my X Factor here, but you talk about motion and different things to confuse the defense, giving them different looks. Devin White is this year, according to, if you look at what pro football focus grades, he's very similar to the player that came out in the draft and the concerns that you had about that player because he's incredibly explosive, but he's also not always super assignment sure. Um, he gets incredible grades when it comes to pass rush because he's super explosive. He's in your face and he's going to wreck your play. Um, but his grades across the board in coverage and in run support are like horrific. Like his run defense grade is horrific. It's a 38.5, which is like bottom of the barrel. So now he played one of his best games of the entire season last week. And so fresh in our minds, fresh on TV and all the commentary is Devin White, Devin White, Devin White. But if there's a way to get a player who does tend to get a little bit jumpy and maybe overreact to some misdirection, it's a player like Devin White. And it's been who he's been since he came out as a draft pick. So I like what you're talking about there. And Tavon Austin may be a key uh, to making that happen. You know, okay, now you got me hooked. Okay, here we go. So everybody loves to point to Patrick Queen, right? Because he was the guy the Packers were supposed yeah, to draft. Yeah, and his pro yeah. football focus grade is atrocious. And people say, well, they must not know what they're talking about because there's all these splash plays. Well, when guys are that athletic, we're, we're talking like top 0.1% of the population right. athletic. They get away with a lot of stuff on the football uh-huh. field yeah, because yeah. they they can make up for it with speed, right? You you you're a little slow to process, and you can still beat a guy to the edge because you're just that guy. Yep. The problem with Devin White, and and I would say the same thing with Patrick Queen, is he will let his eyes deceive him, and that's why I'm talking about the jet motion. The Packers did nothing in Week 6 to do them any favors to slow him down. They basically just said, hey, we're running off tackle. Uh, <laughs> here you go. Uh, so I would love to see some of that. And in, in, in pass coverage, he can be really over-aggressive because mm-hmm. he's trying to make that splash play, and sometimes it works. But let's be honest, that interception he had against New Orleans, it was a terrible play. I don't know if Breeze misread that or if the wide receiver ran the wrong, you know, I, I think he was supposed to stop short and he just kept running on his route. It was probably an option route. Um, but White just happened to be there and he's getting a lot of like pub for being in the right place at the right time. And yeah, he made the play because he's still an incredible athlete. Um, but you're right. There's some vulnerabilities there. I, I think Levante David makes up for some of that. But remember, these guys both weigh in the 230s. So mm-hmm. if you can get them to make a false step and you can get a blocker on them, they're not they're not overcoming that. So just for some perspective, Devin White is the 71st highest rated graded 
highest-graded linebacker for Pro Football Focus. Chris Barnes is three slots below him. So, and not that's not to say like these are equal players. Obviously, Devin White, like you said, he's going to show up. He's going to wreck games just because of how athletic he is. Um, but it's interesting. The most, the best player on this defense, probably maybe. Maybe there's some other players you'd throw in there, but Levante David is the best linebacker for this team. But Devin White is getting all the publicity uh, because of the splash plays, and obviously because he talks a little bit. But it's interesting, Christian, Christian Kirksey and Chris Barnes are only ranked uh, three and five spots below Devin White, and obviously there's a lot of metric that goes into that. That's not, you know, it doesn't show up that way on the field, but I mean, he's, he's not been the consistent player that maybe ESPN is holding him up to be uh, throughout the week. And and this is the last thing I'll say about it, I promise. Um, but the the perfect example of how the Buccaneers defense can be really undisciplined at times was the the trick play that the the Saints ran that they just copied from the Bears, um, <laughs> where they ran you know they they threw it to or they they handed it pitched it back to Jameis and then yeah. he threw for the touchdown. They vacated the entire middle of the field because the Buccaneers defense saw what they thought was the play and everybody vacated their their yeah. zone and just ran to the ball. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you can take advantage of things like that. And, and mm-hmm. I, I would be willing to bet that if it's something that I see that Matt LaFleur saw it probably during the game in week six. Yep, yep. And the fun thing about the Bucks, I guess, is that you probably – the Packers might have spent a little, little bit of time looking at this team – because they thought they may be playing them in the divisional round because of the odds of the the seedings matching up. And so coming back around, they've gotten a chance to look at them a couple times. They've gotten to see them with some playoff tape and some things that they've they've liked to do. So I think that this Packers team will be pretty well prepared uh, for those kinds of things. It's interesting this is a sidestep. I really wanted to play the Saints because for me personally, it'd be easier to lose to Drew Brees. Not that I think we're going to lose. But I think it'd be easier to lose to Drew Brees than to Tom Brady. So, like, that's a really weird way to, like, to choose that. But for the Packers, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to be a lot more predictable. You're going to know who the quarterback throwing the ball is going to be on every single snap. You don't have to worry about them pulling out a Jameis Winston or, uh, you know, a tight end H-back quarterback, you know. So there's a little bit more predictability, which I think does help the defense uh, you know, just a side note as I thought about it, maybe trying to justify the fact that they were playing the team that I would less face uh, going into this championship game. But anyway, we're way off track. We've Who's your X factor? <laughs> you want to talk about my X factor? Yeah. So I selected Jamal Williams here, and I'm going back to like super safe picks <laughs> because of how how off track we've gotten with some of these picks throughout the year. Uh, but Jamal is always a player who shows up uh, and. Plays really well when his number is called. I don't think that you can consider him a backup running back. I don't think that that's fair. Uh, He just plays a different role than Aaron Jones. Uh, But there are a couple extra reasons why I think we'll see him in a little bit more, maybe a more prominent role this week. First, uh, we don't know the full health scenario with A.J. Dillon. We don't know how aggressive the Packers are going to be with putting him out on the field. And even if Dillon can go, in the NFC Championship, coaches give the ball to players that they trust the most. 
and Dylan's a rookie. That's you know he's, that's just a fact. And I think the nod goes to Williams in this game. In, in the cold weather, I think there's going to be some tough running that's needed, and Jamal relishes those opportunities to take a two-yard run and grind it for an additional two. Uh, he's been so good and so reliable in those spots this year. And he's also a player that gives them an element of surprise uh, because he's not their primary running back, but he's a sneaky good option in a receiving role. And he's proven to be more capable of doing that than I think that a lot of people have given him credit for. Uh, but the biggest reason I think he's going to be on the field a lot it because is this ties back into our linebackers that we've just been talking about. He's so good and so trusted in picking up the blitz and in pass protecting when he's needed there. And we know that with Levante David and Devin White coming with pressure, uh, they're going to need someone who can pick up those blitzes. And I think Jamal is the guy that they trust the most there. So I think Jamal continues to show why he's a favorite of the coaches uh, because he can really do it all, and I think he'll play a big role on Sunday. Awesome. So, so we got our our key matchups on offense, defense. We got our X factors, and um, you know, I don't take great pleasure in giving a bunch of kudos to the Packers playoff opponents, but it has now become tradition. There's a segment that I do before every playoff game, Kyle. You know, we've been doing the show for three seasons now, yeah. and and uh, it's it's tradition. We didn't get to do it the first year, obviously, because they missed plus, but. Right. <laughs> I'm going to do my best to to really right. like hold up to this and and give give the buccaneers some, I'm some praise. So let's do it. You know, of course, to me you you start off and it's pretty cool that they convince Gronk to put a shirt on, put down the steel chair in the wrestling ring and come out of retirement this year and he's playing like he absolutely hasn't missed a beat. Speaking of beatings, Antonio Brown was able to take enough time away from domestic abuse and trying to murder truck drivers with bricks to rejoin the NFL. So what what a just absolute fantastic comeback story. It just shows kids out there. You can have zero ramifications for anything you do in life as long as you are friends with the quarterback. Um, but, you know, if you flip over to the defensive side of the ball, that's where the Buccaneers really have their high-character players. Indomitian Sue has tried to crush more pills than Charlie Sheen. You have to talk about head coach Bruce Arians. I, I do appreciate that Bruce Arians has some sort of microphone contraption strung around his chest this season. It might just be a pacemaker, because, let's face it, his time is probably numbered. But I like to think it is more of a utility belt. Like, Bruce wants to be the world's heftiest Boba Fett cosplayer. I, I tried to find a winter version of his Kangol hat so that he could sport it this Sunday, but un unfortunately combining warmth and looking like a D-bag doesn't seem to be a thing on the market. So, uh, you know, speaking of thing that, things that went out of style in the 90s, boot salesman Tom Brady is playing in his 14th conference championship game, first NFC championship game. Uh, he must have gotten sick. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For Ponya and XFL teams in the AFC East and headed to the warmer comforts of Tampa. Now, I know Kyle is thinking I'm going to make fun of Tom for mouth-kissing his sons, and I will not. I actually think it's great that a man is allowed to show affection. Plus, to me, it just seems like too low-hanging a fruit. Speaking of fruit, Kyle, did did you know that by eating the TB12 blend of fruit and vegetables, you too can be in as good a shape as Tom himself and look like him into your 40s? All you need to do is give his personal trainer direct access to your savings account, sign up all your family, constantly annoy every person you've ever met in your life, and worship at the altar of Brady himself. Pretty good deal. That's it. Yeah. And finally, Kyle, do you know what Tom and his lovely wife, Giselle, have in common? I, I am afraid to guess at this point. <laughs> they both owe all the success in their careers to a camera. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right. Okay. Um, that's good. All right. Um, here on the Packaday Podcast, we do our absolute best to honor the game by showing our respect for all the greats who play it. And so I really appreciate Andrew leading us in these times of, of reflection as we remember the quality men who make these personal sacrifices to ring chase after being too old or selfish or indicted to play for other franchises. So I'm glad we have the chance uh, to slow things down here at the end of this episode and recognize those things that sometimes we rush past in our fast-paced lives. So thank you, Andrew, uh, for doing that and letting us have that experience. You know, i got to be totally honest with you. When the Packers win this Sunday, I'm going to have a really hard time doing this if they play the Bills. Oh, yeah. Because I actually like the Bills yeah, as a team I do too. as an organization. I do too. Yeah. So that, I do that too. one, for, for that reason, may have to root for the Chiefs. Just yeah. kidding. I would never yeah. do that. <laughs> so uh, come, we have to move on other that? Notes. I don't know if I can. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get this show back on the rails, but um, I kn- I know we're going really long, but I, I you know this is a special time of the year, and and uh, certainly you know we're really as much as we love the off season, this is the coolest time yeah. to do the podcast. Period. Um, so a couple of things. Um, Tremont Williams is back, 
and so I, I think we should we should talk about that. What, what what's your what's your hopeful impact impact for for Tremont Williams? And um, I I know you're going to end up giving us a jersey number update, so just get it over. <laughs> okay, so Tremont Williams is back. We've heard rumblings for a couple days now. Uh, he was out on the practice field. Lafleur confirmed uh, if all goes well, he'll be on the practice squad. And then we did get confirmation uh, that that did happen late this afternoon, early evening. So exciting stuff. Tremont Williams is home. He is wearing number 38, as things should be, all things are right in the world. It's like he never left. So welcome home to Green Bay, Tremont Williams, uh, here, here to, you know, here to get a ring, right? So uh, good good for Tremont. Yeah, great. Oh, yeah, he probably... We have to note, though, this is big. We can't, we can't gloss over this because this is important. Mike Weber if you forgot, is a member of the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and uh, Mike Weber was formerly wearing number 38 and graciously gave up that number and is now wearing number 40. So thank you, Mike Weber, uh, for your sacrifice to make this happen. Yeah, the former Ohio State running back. Right. I, 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 I just, like, I have this vision. I had the Tremont Williams walk by Weber at practice, looked at him in his jersey and just said, kid, take that off. <laughs> give that to and me. just like grab it and just wore it even though it said yeah. Weber on the back it was like yeah whatever <laughs> um yeah, yeah okay and am, am I way off base here that like this move doesn't really do anything for me like oh to me God. like what's the potential impact for Tremont Williams I I, I just I can't foresee them <sighs> taking Shannon Sullivan off the field in order for Tremont to actually play so Help me out here. No, no, they're not taking Shannon off the field, nor should they. You t- let let us have our fun, Andrew. Twitter is aglow with Tremont Williams coming home, and you're like, I just don't care. Like, I let me tell you, for me, this is a move that makes me feel much, much better. If and I will not even utter any scenario, but if there were injuries that were to occur in the NFC Championship game, and they win that game, and then they have to go on and play in the Super Bowl two weeks later, I feel a lot less nervous about Tremont Williams, knowing somewhat the scheme and being familiar with the Packers, uh, to go in and play than what would be the other backup options to play starting cornerback. And he does give you the versatility. He can play the slot. He can play outside. Um and Jamal Williams is not the player that he was years ago. This is well documented. People are really concerned about how he played uh, just last week. Uh, it was on everyone's TV. But uh, I think what's important to me is Tremont Williams' brain is okay. Uh, this is a player that didn't get football stupid. Like, he's a smart football player. You can trust him to go out there. And at least if he's getting burned athletically, you know he's going to be assignment sure, which may be the most important thing if you need to have some kind of a patch to hold up this defense together in a scenario. So that's why I'm excited. I think it's a good – I mean, we've seen Brian Gutekunst make lots of these moves um, on the offensive line, bringing in Tavon Austin. And I, I hope that this is another patchwork piece to just say, hey, we're here. We're here to win a championship. We don't want one injury to keep us um, from – fulfilling that dream, and Tremont Williams is a, is a great player to obviously bring into the locker room as well. Yeah, I was I was mostly just giving you a hard time about your optimism, but, um, I yeah, you know, it, we're, we're, even if he's just a 
you know, additional coach in the defensive back room, right? Like just, just helping guys out with little things. Um, you know, it, he, he's incredibly valuable in that role. And certainly, you know, you, you mentioned if there are injuries and, and those kind of things happen, you know, whether it's during the championship game, whether it's an Im- impact on the Super Bowl, whether it's during the Super Bowl, having guys who can come in and you can trust to be in the right place at the right time um, is, is super valuable. Um, do we want to quick touch on, I know one of the things that we mention a lot, um, you know, leading up to games is what's the path to victory for for the opposing team. You know, do, do you want to lay out any scenarios on, in how the Buccaneers could potentially win? Nope. Okay. Okay. That's good. <laughs> it, it, here's here's why I mention it not not to like prepare for um, you know doom as so many. Um, Packer fans have become accustomed to but really like to me this gives me a lot of confidence because I have to think to myself what's the path to victory for the Buccaneers I think they have to run the ball really well and and so that's not only they require their offensive line to play well but then also I think the Packers defense to take a step back from where they've been I think they have to hit timely passes I think they have to play pretty much mistake-free football. I don't think they can turn the ball over at all to win. And I think their defense has to play lights out. Um, and and I, I think the Packers have a little bit more cushion in their game plan. Um, hopefully they don't turn the ball over four times like the Saints. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you saw how close that game was. Even with that, even with Drew Brees not being able to throw the ball downfield, even with um, them basically giving up on the running game for no no justifiable reason in the fourth quarter. There just seems to be more paths to victory for Green Bay than there does Tampa. And I think if, if Green Bay can play mistake-free football and, and they can really like play a solid defensive game, what we've seen over the last four or five games, I think there's a pretty clear path to victory for the Green Bay Packers this Sunday. And I always under I always start this conversation understanding that I am a huge homer and I I want the Green Bay Packers to win so I I start from an almost a negative perspective and so at the beginning of the week you know I was you know I had these conversations with myself about how the Bucks could win and then I really started looking at the rosters and I'm with you that I I think if the Green Bay Packers play a good football game and a clean football game, I think that they should win this game. I mean, you they obviously the Bucks have just they deserve to be here. They played their way through the playoffs, but their wins have not been um, impressive. I mean, they they kind of limped through a Washington game uh, last week. There were plenty of times where I thought Saints are coming to Green Bay, and then uh, obviously that didn't end up being the case. So um, I think that the line play is going to be really important in this game. Um, I think that the offensive line has been so good for the Green Bay Packers. It's kind of allowed Aaron Rodgers to just cruise and do what he wants. Um, and I, I think if you even get if you get 80-90% of that, I think things will go well for the Packers on offense. I think they'll be able to, to run the ball effectively. I think they'll be able to move the ball, to put, put up points at a pace that I don't think that the Bucks can keep up with, especially when the Bucks are going to face Jair Alexander and an incredibly ascending uh, group of safeties that, you know, those those deep launch passes that Brady's been chucking up, I'm just like, man, somebody's going to come down with one of those that, you know, it's going to happen. So I feel pretty good about the matchup here, and I do think objectively Green Bay is the better football team, and I think that they're a focused football team, and so I, I feel pretty good. I feel better than I have 
in years, probably since 2014, about the Packers' ability to win this football game and get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and it, it'll be interesting to see what the Buccaneers' defensive strategy is. I think against the Saints, they they took the approach of we're we're just going to hold the receivers on every play, and the the officials won't call it yeah, every right, time. Right, right. Um, and they called quite a few of them, but honestly, they they got away with quite a few as well. Yeah, and so yeah. I, it's interesting to see if they take that strategy and just say like we think we can get home with four or five. Um, and in you know it's going to take your receivers longer to get open than than you're you're going to have to throw. Um, yeah. But Devonte Adams in that situation, you you want to bump Devonte Adams, you yeah. want to hold him at the line. He is going to beat you because he's yeah. not going to give you a target to to hold. Yep, um, so that could lead to a lot of big plays. I think if the Packers can get the running game going, the, this this game could you know, get out to an early lead and, and, and really control it. And there, there's always those negative things, right? Turnovers, penalties, bad special teams plays. Yeah. That could doom you. But I, I don't see any reason why we as Packer fans shouldn't be really confident going into Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be fun. Yeah. We're, we're super excited about it. Um, but that is all the time that we had for today. Well, we went way over, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Packer Day Podcast. You, you can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to also follow at Packer Day Podcast. Please give us a subscription and a rating if if you uh, so happen to have a chance to do so. It really, really helps out what we're doing. Um, you can normally catch Kyle and myself every single Friday, but we'll actually be recapping the NFC Championship game on Monday and hopefully previewing the Packers' Super Bowl opponent. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.